Hey everybody, come on in. It's time for the evening swaddle. You can have a blanket or a towel, doesn't matter. Well, I'm swaddling with a towel today because, well, you'll find out why. So, we've got uh, news coming at us so fast, it's like a fire hose into a Dixie cup. And I'm just the Dixie cup to grab that fire hose full of water and tell you what it all means. I'm glad you could make it. And here's what it means, in no particular order. Um, let's start with the bad news. So, um, have you noticed that people are really bad at evaluating things? Sorry, I've got a candy. People are really bad at evaluating things. And this situation has really brought that into stark relief, as they like to say. As you watch people do a bad job of evaluating things, let me give you an example. Uh, people said, herd, herd, or, 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 those models were not accurate. Because first they said, might be a million or two, and then they settled on, could be a million at the high side, but it might be 100,000 at the low side. And then it got revised to 60,000, and people said, the models, the models are wrong. Because you said, you said it was going to be at least 100,000. Now you're down to 60,000, and you made us do all this stuff. To which I say, there's something missing in the analysis. And it goes like this. Which part of our plan to get back to work makes the virus go away? Anybody? Anybody? Which part of all the plans to go back to work feature the virus just not being there anymore? Is the answer none? I think the answer is none. So if the answer is none, that means that whenever we go back to work, and here's the key part, however we go back to work, that 50,000 number will no longer be valid because we won't be mitigating. I don't believe the models have any kind of an, an end state contemplated. Am I right? I believe the, uh, the models don't assume that the virus ever goes away. The models assume that they sort of just trails off to some low number forever. But we don't have a cure, and nor do we think that the vaccine will be like a magic thing that makes it go away. So here's the thing. Did the models get it wrong? Uh, unfortunately, that number's not going to be 60,000, because it's pretty clear that we're going to go back to work. One way or another, whether it's you know, May or June or any time after that, we're going back to work. And the counter starts again. Because we can test like crazy, and we can take hydro, hydroxychloroquine clean, if that works, or whatever. But the fact is, it'll still be with us, and still be viral, and still be killing people. So it's going to take its number. Our, the only plan that anybody has contemplated involves, what, uh, 1% of the United States times 60% getting it? What's that number? So the actual number, if you're asking yourself, what's the actual number? 
we're contemplating going back to work now. The going back to work number is back in the hundreds of thousands. And that 60,000 immediately just gets thrown out the window. It's like, oh, now you're back to hundreds of thousands. So I think people are not quite seeing this right. They're imagining that 60,000 is our is the worst case or something, so that we can get back to work. Ah, it's just 50,000. But there is no, there's no path like that. That doesn't exist. It's either never go back to work, or it's hundreds of thousands of deaths. Uh, I would predict at this point that we will accept the hundreds of thousands of deaths, but not until we've taken it as far as we can take it to uh, flatten the curve. So in the, in the end, well, you don't have to ask... You don't have to ask what path we'll pick, because there's only one. <laughs> there's only one path. And the path is, we're going to go back to work sometime in the next few weeks, and we're going to have hundreds of thousands of deaths. There's just no way around it. That's it. Now, we might be able to uh, avoid crashing the hospitals, but I doubt it. I think that all this preparation we have now that we didn't need... We'll probably dismantle it and then, you know, wish we had it later. So that's the bad news. So if anybody tells you that they're working on a plan, you should have a little recording in your head. It's like, oh, okay, we are going to accept a few hundred thousand uh, deaths. Because otherwise there is no plan. There's no plan without that. It can't happen. Um, Trump was funny because he played a compilation clip uh, at the press conference, uh, mocking the the media. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> it was pretty. It was a pretty ballsy play. It's a compilation clip of just all of them being wrong about the coronavirus, same as he was. Now, here's the thing that nobody has quite figured out yet. And when I say it, when I say this, you're going to be mad at yourself that you didn't think of it. So that's my challenge to you. I'm going to say something that as soon as you hear it, you're going to say, oh, that's really obvious, but it wasn't until you said it. Here it goes. You saw the talk about uh, Trump might want to fire Fauci. There's no way. And here's why, and this is the part that's going to make you mad. As long as Fauci exists and he's on the team, Fauci is apparently willing to say what he said today and he said before, but he said it really clearly today. He said, every time that I and Dr. Burks recommended something to the president, he said yes, every single time. Now, if you're the president and the top recognized expert in the world is giving you that much cover, and the expert is saying, look, he did everything we asked him to do, we're the experts. That is 100% cover. Do you think that Trump is going to fire the guy that gives him 100% cover? Because remember, he's the top viral guy. He says often and clearly, Trump did everything I recommended, and fairly quickly too. Now Fauci says, but it's also not my fault, effectively, because he was operating on faulty information from China. So you have this perfect setup. So Trump can blame Fauci, and, and he's right, right. I don't think that's a, an excuse, right? If your top expert tells you what to do and then you do it, well, you, that's about as good as you can do if you're not an expert yourself. So 
Trump has a perfect alibi in Fauci. Fauci has a perfect alibi in China, because everybody agrees that China was lying, so Fauci didn't have the right information. But who does China blame? The United States. Trump. (laughs) So it's a perfect... Uh, like circle of life of blame. Trump uh, can blame Fauci. Fauci can blame China. Then China just goes back and blames Trump. Everybody's got somebody to blame. So Fauci's not getting fired. He's the perfect person to have in that position if you want to get reelected and your name is Trump. And by the way, I don't think, uh, in my opinion, Fauci hasn't made any mistakes he simply had bad information like everybody else. Fog of war. Um, you know, you could say somebody should have guessed better, but that's not fair. You know, at the time, nobody knew what was going on. I had a uh, phone call today. I called a local restaurant because I was curious what the most capable operator in my town was doing. So it's a restaurant that doesn't appear on DoorDash, and so I'd, I'd looked for it. I was going to order food one time, and, and it wasn't on there. So I thought, uh-oh, if they're not doing takeout. So anyway, I, knew the, I know the owner, so I called them and said, you know, how you, how you doing? Now, I'll have to say again, the reason that I focused on this one restaurant, this one owner, is that um, you know, I owned a restaurant locally, and I can tell you he's the best restaurant owner, you know, with the best entrepreneurial just the smartest, savviest restaurant owner in the area. So I thought, whatever he's doing, i gotta, I got to find out. So here, here's what he said. So they fairly quickly you know, retooled their operation to be takeout only. He kept half of his staff. That's what he could do, but he's also applying for the, the SBA thing, so he'll be able to bring them back um, with a guarantee pretty soon. So that's pretty good. Kept half of them, you know, went to takeout. But apparently he's being quite creative, so they've already changed their website to say that they have all these offerings. And they'll take it out to the curb for you. So you can just call them up, put in your order, drive up and text them, I guess, and they pop out and give it to you. But here's the great part. He made an offer for Easter that he would you know, make your meal for you, sort of a catering situation, and you just had to come pick it up. And he had, he had uh, lines, around the, lines around the block, and here's the fun part. He almost made as much as he made last year the same weekend, you know, Easter weekend. So it was such a smashing success. Now, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the, uh, the local population is really, it looks like they're stepping up to, to support their locals. So I called him and said, what can I do? You know, how can I help? And I told him that uh, we talked a little bit. And I said, I'll, uh, I'll put a mention on... Uh, next door. That's the local app that just goes out to your neighbors, and I'll t- I'll remind them that you're you know that you're open for business, and you'll take it out to the curb, and and he's not on DoorDash and stuff. So I I did a little advertisement for him on the local local media that a lot of people look at. Now I don't know if that'll make any difference, but here was the idea that I suggested because one of the things he'll do is he'll actually sell people uncooked. Um, cuts of meat. So he'll get them from his distributor, and then if somebody wants to cook it at home, they don't want to go to the grocery store and they want a nice cut, he'll prepare the little meal, including the the uncooked uh, meat. And I asked him, hey, you know, given that restaurants have a different supply chain, couldn't 
you know, given that everybody's being flexible, could a customer call you and say, you know, I'd like to get a you know, giant sack of, I don't know, vegetables or uh, I want to get some industrial toilet paper, the kind that they have in offices but you don't, you don't get in the grocery store? Because that's a different supply chain. So if you really needed to get food and your grocery store was too busy or you didn't want to deal with the crowds or you're trying to get something like toilet paper, try calling, <coughs> try calling an independent restaurant <coughs> and just say, hey, if you can order these items for me from your regular suppliers, just give me a call and I'll come pick them up and I'll give you whatever markup. So that's one other uh, option that's out there. Um, I guess Andrew Yang's, uh, was it his campaign manager, who tweeted today, I can't believe Andrew Yang endorsed Joe Biden. What a sellout. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I guess Andrew Yang's, I think it's a campaign manager. We're not too happy. Uh, did you see the Joe Biden video with uh, Bernie? Oh, my God. It looks so bad. So Bernie was poorly lit, and he looks like you know, looks like some troll under the bridge or something. Uh, Biden looked like somebody put makeup on him. Did you wonder about that? Who got close enough to Biden to put all that makeup on him? That could have been his wife, actually. So, so he he looked Biden looked confused and lost. Of course, he was reading off a teleprompter, even though he was talking to his good friend Bernie. Uh, I'll tell you, Biden is completely yeah, awkward is exactly the, where I was going for. Uh, they were both awkward. And I don't think Biden has mastered the, the medium. Uh, you know, Biden is good in a crowd. He's, good, he's a good retail politician, you know, shaking hands and stuff. But man, when you put him just in front of a camera and he's got to talk to somebody on, on video, he loses all of his spark. It was really hard to watch. Here's some bad news, I hate to say. Um, there was a, there's a thread that I tweeted from an uh, uh, ER doctor who says that they've given hydroxychloroquine to pretty much everybody in the ICU, so if they get to that point, he said they all get it. And as far as he can tell, it doesn't make any difference. Now, he was specific to say, I'm only talking about the ones who are already in the ICU, so they're in bad shape. But in his view, the uh, hydroxychloroquine, at least just anecdotally, he said, I've seen no difference. doesn't work at all. So factor that in. We would like to think that it still works if you get it early. But we might be surprised. And that, that's part of the reason that I was saying at the, the top there that we don't have a plan that doesn't still cost hundreds of thousands of lives, maybe a million. I think we're, we're probably back to a million, aren't we? Because if we just go to work and work for three years and the virus keeps pecking at us, it should kill a million of us in three years. Um, there was something that uh, Trump said today at the uh, task force press conference that I'll bet I'm the only person who noticed. Let's see if anybody, any of you noticed. He used a phrase that he's gotten in trouble for before. And he was just doing a a monologue about how bad the press is, and he used this phrase, you people. Now, when he said you people, he was not addressing anybody, and he wasn't, I don't think he was even answering a specific question from anybody. He was just doing a monologue about how bad the press is, 
And when he was referring to them collectively in the room, he goes, and you people, blah, 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 blah. I'll bet you didn't catch it at all, right? Because it was just part of a, you know unimportant sentence. Blah, 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 then you people do this. Remember how much trouble he got in when he said the same phrase, you people, when he was answering, uh, what is the name of the reporter for NPR uh, who is African-American? And everybody said, oh, you people, you people, we've seen this before. The only, only time anybody says you people, we know what he means. Racist dog whistle, racist dog whistle. Nobody uses that phrase, you people, unless they're racist. Except he just used it in a sentence that was just talking about a group of people exactly the way he was talking about it before. So, oh, somebody did notice it. Yeah, somebody did notice it. Yeah, so you people is the press, obviously. So I like that he slipped that in there. I don't know if that was... I don't think it was intentional, but that worked out to his favor. Um, Here's something that's really clever about what Trump is doing right now. Uh, Yeah, Yamich. Is Yamich... Yamich uh, Alcindor is her name, the the reporter. Um, Thank you. So here's what Trump is doing this clever. Now, I don't think he's doing it as a strategy, but man, does it work well as a strategy. So what would the, what would the uh, Democrats most like to attack Trump for in the fall? Well, they've tried every kind of attack, but I think the one attack that they'd really like to make is that he doesn't listen to science, right? Isn't the one thing they really want to nail him on is not listening to the experts? And he's going to go into the election after several months of doing nothing but conspicuously and publicly following the advice of the experts, even while half the country is thinking the experts are wrong. So you've got... Trump is in a perfect situation. One of his greatest weaknesses, he's doing the opposite of it in public every single day, listening to experts. What do the experts say? Listen, listen to the experts. Experts, experts, experts. So the Democrats are not going to have much to lean on. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> they'll have this. The Democrats are going to say, sure, he did listen to the experts that one time, but he's not listening to the climate model experts. What about that? To which I say, with their long-range prediction models... Uh, are you saying he should listen to them more because their long-range prediction models are so reliable? So even climate change has largely been taken off the table. Number one, because the price of carbon fuel just dropped to a point where I don't know what it, what would be compatible with it. Is there anything compatible price-wise with $20 a gallon gas or whatever, or oil or whatever it is? So I guess they came to a new deal, so prices might go up a little bit. But still, still, prices are going to be better. All right. So if they can't, if they can't go after Trump for listening to experts, and they can't really blame him for not putting too much credibility in a long-term prediction model, because we just watched one that people weren't too happy with, even though I think it was good, other people don't. But here's the other thing he's doing this clever, politically is that you don't know which way he's going to go in terms of his ultimate recommendation. Have you noticed that Democrats are really, really quiet 
about what they would do. Listen to this uh, dog that's not barking. Hello. Hello, dog that's not barking. There are a lot of Democrat pundits. There are a lot of Democrat politicians. I've never seen them be shy before about what they would recommend if they were president. I can think of almost every other topic. You could ask any pundit, you could ask any politician that's a Democrat, and say, what would you do in this situation that's different from what President Trump would do? And they'll say, well, let me tell you, if I were president, I would do X and Y and Z. And the president's doing A and B and C, and that's all wrong, obviously. But what the president is doing by waiting and and holding his decision, and you don't know, you really don't know what it's going to be. Is it go? Some people go to work on May first. Is it wait till the middle of June? You really don't know. So all of the Democrats can't describe what they would do. You know why? Because if they accidentally say, "Here's what I would do," and the president comes down in the same the same place and says. Here's what I would do, and it turns out to be exactly what the Democrats said one should do. They got nothing. (laughs) So they have to stay silent on what they would do until he goes first so they can be on the other side. You see that, right? Just watch for how no Democrat will give you an opinion. You will not see one peep from Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer about specifically what they do. They'll they'll complain about process and you know who talked to who and what was the timing of things and should have done it sooner. <clears throat> but what you're not going to see is their recommendation. You're not going to see that. <laughs> Somebody says, "Wow, my mind just got blown," because <clears throat> you just realized that it's not there, right? You didn't notice that it was missing until I pointed it out, and then you're like, hey, "Yeah." Why is this the only topic in the world that not a single Democrat has voiced a specific opinion on? Here's what I would do. I'd do it May 1st. I'd do it this way. Not going to see it. Um, so I've never, seen the, I've never seen any president running for re-election who had such a commanding position. I mean, you could say Reagan. You could say Reagan. But... I mean, this looks like even more commanding. Because at least Reagan was... Reagan ran against an opponent who feasibly could have done the job. You know, maybe he didn't like his policies, but he could have done the job. You know, Mondale. But Biden doesn't even look like he could do the job. So here's the funniest thing. Oh, you have to do this. Wait, maybe I'll do it. Um, If you didn't watch the live stream, or even if you did, you might not have watched it this way. So if you watch the live stream of uh, Biden talking to Bernie, there were lots of comments that were happening. And if I could find it, I'm going to turn off the sound, and I just want to (laughs) read... I'm just going to read the comments. Now keep in mind that this is a... uh, It's a Biden event, and so you expect that most people... You know, there'll be trolls, of course. Of course there are going to be trolls. But here are what the Democrats are saying. We're effed. <laughs> Only way Biden will ever win. Wake up. Uh, Only way to beat Trump is Bernie for VP. Answer the question. <laughs> Biden is just as secretly corrupt as Obama. All right, now, keep in mind, I'm not skipping any compliments. 
So I'm not selectively picking the most insulting ones. There are no supporters of Biden on the Biden live stream. Look for yourself. I know you don't believe it. I know you don't believe it. Look for yourself. You have to do this. Go find the video. And so this is what, if you hold it in this orientation, if you hold it this way, I think the comments go away. But if you turn it this way, the, the comments will stream by. I'll just read some more. How do I govern? Biden or Trump, pick one. <clears throat> Screw this, I'm out. <laughs> Biden is reading well today. Didn't Biden say he wouldn't change anything? This is bogus. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden can't form a sentence. Uh, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Bernie VP or Nina Turner out of that. Uh, surprise, Biden is communicating clearly. This is a train wreck. Trump is guaranteed to win. Never voting for Biden, never again. I swear, I swear, folks, I'm not skipping any good ones. I'm not. I know you don't believe me. I know you don't believe me, but you have to go look yourself. At a Biden event, one of the most important events of the campaign season, he couldn't find anybody who would come to his live stream and say good things about him. None. None. Did anybody say anything good about Bernie? Yeah. <laughs> now they're mad at him for, uh, uh, for doing this. Uh, uh, the, cl- the closest one that's good is, divided we fall, together we are stronger. So that's obviously a Democrat. But notice that that's really about Bernie helping Biden. So all she's, the only thing she's complimenting is that Bernie is going to help Biden. Not that Biden's good, but that they're working together. So even the, even the best thing they could come up with is not so good. It's not so good. Anyway, that's just screamingly hilarious. Um, so Steve Bannon's uh, podcast... It's uh, Bannon's War Room, Pandemic, or is it Pandemic, Bannon's War Room? It's one of those, but Pandemic, I think, is the title. So I had never, I had never listened to it, but today, um, I guess they got booted off of Twitter, and if somebody gets booted off of Twitter, well, I'm going to go listen to that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I heard good things about it. But I never, you know, hadn't been really incented to go, incentivized to go get it and, and spend time listening to it. But as soon as I heard he got booted off of Twitter, I thought, well, he's got something to say. Let's go see what that's all about. So I don't think they even know exactly why they got booted off, but the, the proximate cause, the, the one that seems obvious, is that they had some episodes about China. And they talked about um, organ... Yeah, organ harvesting and Uyghurs and whatever else. And so I don't. I guess that was good enough to get kicked off of Twitter. I don't think that it didn't sound like it's temporary. I think they're just kicked off. So I I tweeted the uh, link to it and uh, I listened to today's to today's episode. It was really good. It's actually a, a, like a well made show, and I I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect, but um, it held my interest all the way through. It was it was a high, let's say, high entertainment to time ratio. So it was quite good. So I recommend it. You just can't find the links on Twitter, but you can see a link to it on my Twitter feed if you're looking for it, or just Google it. Go to the webpage. 
So here's something that will really mess with your mind. I don't know if this is true. So it's been reported. But keep, you know, keep a little skepticism, hold, hold back a little skepticism on this one. But it's so delicious, if it's true, that I have to tell you about it, even though I don't fully trust it. And there's an official French report, they did some study, and they found out that in several countries, there's a very strong correlation between cigarette smoking and your outcomes with coronavirus. It turns out that being a lifetime uh, cigarette smoker protects you from coronavirus. Protects you from coronavirus. And here's the fun part. Not just a little bit. (laughs) Not just a little. Apparently it's a gigantic difference, right? Now remember, have you noticed that when uh, the doctors are talking about comorbidity, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they were originally talking about comorbidity, and, and here's another dog that's not barking, so you have to fact check me on this, right? So just use your memory and see if this is true. Uh, a month ago, when doctors talked about comorbidity, the, the other health factors that might kill you if you got coronavirus, Correct me if I'm wrong, tobacco was prominently on the list. Smoking, tobacco. It was, it was in the top four or top five, I think. Now, listen to a doctor today or yesterday when they, they, they list their list of comorbidities. Smoking isn't on the list anymore. It just sort of dropped off the list. Now, I don't know if the people who forgot to include it on the list just forgot about it, and it's a coincidence. Maybe uh, maybe they think it's covered with hypertension or, or something else. But, uh, but uh, am I wrong? Listen to the doctors when they talk about the, the other health conditions, and I think they just stopped saying tobacco. It could be just a wait and see. Now, the other thing that was interesting about it is that people who used to smoke and quit still got quite a bit of protection compared to someone who never smoked. So the, the worst thing that you could do is never smoke cigarettes. <laughs> now, I heard somebody uh, in the comments speculating that there was, I guess if you know things about uh, ACE2 receptors, which I don't, But if you're smart enough to talk in those terms, you say stuff like, well, it makes perfect sense because the tobacco sort of, you know, impinges on those receptors, you know, it degrades them, and those receptors are needed to pick up the virus. So it actually makes sense. Smoking will degrade the very receptors that are necessary for the virus. So somebody says the the new medication might be hydroxychloroquine and tobacco plus (laughs) <laughs> plus azithromycin and zinc, I guess. So no word on marijuana smoke, but uh, I'm not going to take any chance. Um, I'm going to smoke as much marijuana as I can, uh, just in case. You know, I, don't take any medical advice from me. Uh, no, no more true words have ever been spoken. I'm just saying that marijuana is approved medical um it's approved medication for a variety of conditions, 
And if you wanted to use it off-label and smoke like crazy to protect yourself from the coronavirus, I would say that you're on very uh, shaky ground. Because <laughs> first of all, I don't think marijuana smoke affects your lungs the way tobacco smoke does. So let me be serious for a moment. I would not expect, I would not expect that even if it's true, that regular tobacco smoke protects your lungs from coronavirus. And I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical of that. But even if that's true, it does not follow that marijuana smoke would do it because they, they do really act very differently. For example, you don't get um, lung cancer from marijuana smoke, so some of you are going to argue with that, but you can go argue with the data. All right. Um, here's something interesting. You know, I talked the other day about that movie uh, that was claiming that the CIA was, you know, controlling the the Hollywood movie movie stuff and causing them to message things to the public to brainwash us. I'm going to make a general statement. Here's a general statement. In the long run, in the long run, all social media platforms and all news platforms will come to be owned by intelligence services in the long run. Now, that doesn't mean it's already happened, but it's, it's obvious that there's some influence now. But if you wait long enough, it's the nature of the intelligence services that they know how to sort of burrow in. You know, they get a little foothold, and then they, then they get another, and then they get another. So based on everything I know about the world... Uh, if you wait long enough, every social media platform, every app uh, that has any impact on anything, and every news source should eventually come to be owned by intelligence sources. Now, it could be ours, and it could be another country. But I don't know that there's an exception because it's too tempting and the stakes are too high. So, of course, they would. Of course, they would try So that's just a general statement. Uh, I don't know if this is true either. can't believe anything anymore, but apparently Adam Schiff allegedly um, announced that he wanted to hold the Intelligence Committee meetings by Zoom. Zoom is the uh, video conferencing software that has its servers in China. Now, I think they're trying to fix that. (laughs) But at the moment, Zoom is literally famous for being the least secure platform in the world, if you're trying to be secure from China specifically, uh, it would be the least secure thing you could possibly do, and Adam Schiff is going to use this for the Intelligence Committee. Now, if tomorrow I find out that was fake news, don't say I didn't suspect it, okay? Because it's, you know, this story is a little on the nose. I've used that example before. When a story seems a little too perfect, you wait a day and it turns out it didn't happen, it's fake news. I'm going to say this was a little too on the nose. It could be that Schiff says we'll, we'll use teleconferencing. And then maybe somebody added the Zoom part because they thought it was funny. So you could find out that that's not true by tomorrow, I would guess. So India, India has an app for tracking their population and contact tracing. I don't know the details. But we shall know. We shall know if India has any success with that because they have one, and they're going to use it. And uh, I think that was the main stuff I wanted to talk about. 
Um, but there's one other thing I need to do. And maybe if you have any questions, <clears throat> you can ask them in the comments. But I've got to give myself a haircut. Um, now, this is normally Christina's job, but we're in social isolation. So I can't go to the barbershop, and Christina can't do it, so I have to cut my own hair. So if you don't mind, if you have any questions... That feels good. Slide over to Dr. Shiva's scope. <clears throat> That's the business. That's some good stuff right there. What do you think of the governor of Michigan? Oh, I don't know. I don't really know too much about the governors. It does seem interesting that President Trump is having this love fest with all the governors. Whoever thought that would happen, but, but I think he's playing it perfectly. Do you think there will be a vaccine? I do not. I don't think there will be a vaccine uh, now or ever. There might be a vaccine that they call it a vaccine, and it might, might work for some people some of the time, but uh, at this point, I would not bet on it. And by the way, I'm using you as a mirror because I'm, I'm watching myself here. Uh, I, I've been bl- blocking uh, people by like crazy because uh, a lot of people are coming after me the last couple of days. So it's been quite a blockathon. What did I think of Trump's press conference? Uh, I thought it was one of his best. Um, I, I like how he co-opted it to turn it into basically a campaign ad with his showing his campaign commercial. That was that was pretty funny, um, and uh, you know I think Fauci did him a solid by volunteering to get up there and to clarify that Trump always did what Fauci asked him to do. Good end when he says okay. So starting around uh, the end of April or. May 2nd or so. You're going to see all the characters in the Dilbert comic wearing face masks or working from home. So the Dilbert comic is going to go the way of... uh, It's going to go the way of the rest of the world and the characters will be wearing masks for a while. Except I have to predict when when they'll stop wearing masks and I don't know when that's going to be. Do I have to do the other side? It does look reactive. The Hatch Act? You should block yourself. (laughs) All right. Well, you don't have to watch the rest of this. Um, Somebody says they're stoned and eating a Big Mac. Well, good for you. Oil your clippers after use. Good idea. All right, that's all I got for now. And I will see you all in the morning.
And um, tonight, you're going to have the best night of sleep. So just think about, here's your assignment. If you're trying to get to sleep and you have thoughts, I want you to imagine getting your hair cut. Or if, or if you're a woman, imagine you know, having your hair done. So as, as a thought to relax you, just picture yourself getting your hair cut, how it feels, the sound of the clippers, the smells, the whole experience. And just put yourself in that scene because it's sort of a relaxing situation. Uh, it's sort of a relaxing situation because someone else is doing the work. So try that. It'll be a good diversion. All right, that's all for now. I will talk to you in the morning.